Oh, well done. A five. Uh, go on then, move your piece. One. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Five. Uh... Seven. Uh, no, 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 Tony. Somehow I'm not quite sure you've got the hang of this. Well, I don't know what I mean. Well, yes, that's obvious. Oh, oh, boy. Well, you better stay out of games of chance. You seem to be too lucky for your own good. Well, no, not so much luck as it is your lack of skill. I would like this device explained to me. What? Oh, the randomizer. Well, nothing much to it, really. You just press the red button there and it gives you the name of a random Jerry Anderson episode. Was it alive? Don't think anyone's ever asked that question, Tony. And the answer is... That's what I like about you. You always give me such a great sense of security. Well, you're the security chief, allegedly. Anyway, never mind. How's about pressing the button for us, eh? I think I'm more nervous than anybody. That's it. Well done. There's a little man running around inside my head. Oh, I know, Tony, but try not to pay too much attention to him. Right. What have we got? Well, it's The Protectors. That sure made my day. Uh, but it's not an episode you're in, unfortunately. Here's the numbers game. That's another thing I like about you. You're always upbeat. So, uh, welcome back to The Protectors. On the randomizer with the numbers game. Uh, and unfortunately, that's about all I can tell you about this episode. I. Oh, How's I have the view? No memory of this at all. Harry and the Contessa are in. Um, I don't know, somewhere on the Peseta. continent. Ah, Peseta, I'm going to guess Spain then. Uh, Harry's keeping an eye on a, uh, a bathing beauty. Yes, um, this is a first season episode, and I am pretty sure... Ooh. Uh, a car has driven past a, a parked car and dropped off a, a package. This lady that they were watching by the pool has gone to investigate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't see this episode until uh, the show was released on DVD. My first exposure to The Protectors was uh, Saturday morning repeats on Granada Plus. It used to go out as a double bill at 11am. Yeah. Believe it or not, I wasn't always up to catch the first episode, which was annoying. So this must have been one that I missed. She didn't open it. Then she knows what's in it. That's correct. Salute. Sante. Right, so the girl they were watching, someone's dropped an envelope into her car, and she's driven away. Harry and the Contessa don't seem concerned. There's another car following her. So I guess this is some... Oh, no. Oh, no! Oh, no, 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 I thought we'd killed you! Oh, you know who it is. Oh, it's only Sherwood Price. The the guy from the, the Poodle episode. Are you mad? Coming with me. Oh, oh, no. Be nice. Who are you? A friend. No, you're not. You're nobody's friend, Sherwood Price. I've seen that episode. Move! Oh, and you're so charming. Yes, I'd forgotten he played a... Uh, the American Protector, I think his name was Carter in a couple of episodes, very briefly. Oh, yes, this is Carter. Rumor has it to make your eyes spark. So that was why Harry and the Contessa weren't bothering to do anything. Nah. Pig. Because they had Carter parked further up the road to intercept the lady before she got too far away. That's private property. Inside, money. So we're back from the opening titles. Um, now we have to work out why woman has been given money. Screenplay by Ralph Smart, who um, was 
Was he the creator of Danger Man? Why have you brought me here? I've got a message from your father. Ah. What is it? Come home. All is forgiven. But all isn't forgiven. Not that it's any of your business. Hmm. This episode is one that, um, and I think I have just actually renamed this this uh, file, or named this file, The Quick Brown Fox. The two titles, even though they're completely different, they seem to uh, just float around in the same space in my head. Oh who sent it? Pig. Pig who? Ooh. It's from an admirer. Admire. So, oh, there's a letter with the money. Oh, six five eight seven two four eight three double zero nine six five four triple eight seven five six five three three. A lot of numbers. What's it all about? You tell me. I think you'd be wise to answer. And um, I've seen um, people discuss my my randomizer. Let's say attempts with the protectors. And people have got the impression that I don't like the show. And it's not true. I love this show. And I get so frustrated with myself when episodes like this come up. When I first came out here. I know nothing about them. My father wouldn't help me because he wanted... Even though I have definitely seen this one at least twice. But I don't retain anything about them. They are just complete black holes. And... I feel like I'm letting the side down a bit because I so want to say, no, look at this show. This is a good show. The, the the good episodes of this show are just fantastic and I love them. Unfortunately, it's just the randomizer is is turning up week episode after week episode. Or not, not even necessarily week, just unmemorable. We have a telephone kiosk. That's the date and this is the time. Which, okay, granted. At that time and I wait. And then a call Some substantial part of this show may well be, but I know this show deserves better than I can do with it. I am trying. I apologise. Anyway. Hold the line, San Pedro. We have a call for you. Miss England? Yes, that's me. Lady is uh, explaining to Harry and the Contessa. Zero, six, five, eight, seven, two... But once she is given the names, no, the numbers even, she waits for a phone call to relay them on to somebody. And we're back in England now. We're back at the Harry Rule pad, where I remember this guy. Uh, random sciencey type guy with glasses. Get the message? Yes. I came straight from the office. I booked the computer time for 11.20. So he's obviously an associate of Harry's, somehow involved with the Protector's organisation. No explanation of who this guy is. We never see him again, but he seems to spend most of the episode hanging around the flat. 0658724830. Oh, well, whatever it is, it's taking uh, so long that Harry has time to shave before we get the... Harry Ribster something Elmsus. Oh, he's got a printout. Yes. Oh, issue allied with him, that doesn't make any sense either. Alternative effect point, uh, crack this code fast, will you? I gotta see the girl's father. I just don't understand you, Mr. Rule. Right, so, um, yes. You didn't want to come. Science guy will crack the code. That they've got from the numbers. Here and lock her up in a trunk. Why didn't you go to the Spanish authorities? And Harry has gone to see the guy who hired them to find his daughter. Well, yeah. when you cut off her allowance, she made other financial arrangements. What's she got herself into now? I don't know. Uh, this is a, a trope. This show seemed to 
to do quite often. Um, kind of pawn in a dangerous chess game. Daughters and sons who were like, oh, I've just got to get away from my, my father. It was normally just a father. Sometimes they were, they were both parents, sometimes just a mother. But generally it was, my businessman father is, oh, he's stifling me. I've got to go and uh, join up with a, a terrorist cell in, in Malta or somewhere. Having considered the alternatives, I personally favour the first group. The savage here eludes me, but assuming fairy is in fact fairy, and the letters PM in the third group indicate time, uh, then the figures immediately after this group here... Just the answer, OK? Uh, the answer. Uh, well, again, assuming we return to the original numbers where we are not using the coded letters... Oh. Well... Dover. I mean, it's a slight... Um touch of eccentricity with this character who's uh, What's the news from very caught up in, in decoding the numbers and things. They don't suspect anything. And now what are we doing in Dover? Hmm? Ah. Well, Words said by anyone who now visits Dover. Yes, this is, uh, this is quite near to me, in fact. Here comes the old uh, hovercraft. Well, the computer came up with a couple of alternatives. This is one of them. I'm not sure it's the best. Oh, there's a couple of guys on the roof in the background. And at first, they seemed to be watching the filming. But now they've actually... They've gone back to work. They seem to be doing something. Ooh. Yes, this was back in the days when you could just park your car right next to the point where the, uh, the hovercraft would arrive. And Harry still needs his binoculars to... Uh, Scrutinise the cars that are coming on. A man, ALB 638. Ah, and something else that matches the uh, number sheet. Yeah, Bentley. Who owns that? Close, James. Well, why not follow it? Follow it all the way home and see who owns it. That car behind us, I was wondering if you'd noticed it. Since we left port. Oh, so the protectors are themselves being followed as they follow the... Uh, the Bentley that uh, came off the hovercraft. Going to. Ah, who's at the wheel? A very 70s looking chap. A very protector's villain type chap. So he's pulled ahead. Clear that interests him. Oh, so he is also on the trail of the Bentley. Miss that registration. Oh, good, it's this guy. The 8 is a Bentley registered in the name of Savage. This is Lawrence Savage of Harley Street. Doctor? Eminent heart surgeon. Ooh. Got an address on him? The old barn, Quarry Lane. So I wonder what the, the rule was when they would have episodes where they would have Harry and the Contessa, and instead of having Paul, they would drop in a new guest character, like with the, the guy who's been left essentially manning the phones here. There was also, I think, um, See No Evil, where... Um, James Bolam was was on the team for seemingly no reason that uh, that you know, Paul couldn't manage. Anyway, the uh, Bentley has now arrived at its country estate, and seventies protectorsy villain has uh, now hanging around the place with his huge cravat as the chauffeur washes the Bentley. What's he gonna do? Nothing, because that was an ad for a break. Okay, and it now seems to be several hours later. Oh, we were standing there the whole time. Ah, dastardly plan. He's waited till nightfall to, ooh, 
Okay. He's positioned himself under the car so that he can retrieve... Oh, a cylinder containing, well, some nefarious contents, no doubt. But who else can wait all day? Harry Rule! Thank you. Ah, so they've just let this guy do all the work and then swooped in and taken it off him. And this uh, heart surgeon guy, this... Uh, I can't remember the, the, the name of the character or the actor... But he's played by the guy who was the captain of the Concorde in uh, Doctor Who Time Flight. So, there you go, that's something. Oh, I think his name's Richard Easton. Don't break the seal. Don't seal. Oh no, you broke the seal. Oh. Heroin. Heroin. Surprise. Naughty boy. Surprise. Mm. Say nothing till I see my lawyer. Out. Letting me go? On your way. You're not at the police. That's right. So, I cannot. Why not? If I do not deliver the package, I'm in bigger trouble. Tough. Yes, Harry and the Contessa have both got very grumpy faces on here. Back to me. Who are you supposed to deliver to? Looking very serious about all this. I don't know, I swear. All right. <laughs> all right. Just don't make me get out of the car, I'll tell you. Public telephone box. They phone me, tell me where to park the car. I leave it that on the seat. And when you come back, it's gone. And there's money in its place, hmm? Sure. Mm. That's the way it is. No, please, you don't understand. Out. No, no. no please, no, you don't understand. No, no please, they kill me. They kill me. No, please, please. Well, surely someone with a bright orange shirt, bright indigo trousers, and that uh, fine cravat should uh, they plant their dope on it. should be rather inconspicuous. Anyway, it's back to Harry's flat. All over Europe. Hungry? Hmm? Oh, yes, that smells good. Oh, well, yeah, good, because he seems to be cooking a whole mountain of food there for two people. <laughs> Wait, he's asking her if she's hungry. He's already laid out all the dinner plates. They've got salad on the table. He's cooking away. Now where they put that on the Bentley. Hmm? What would he have done if she'd said no? Yes, so, having had their massive dinner... Palpitations can be distressing, but they're not... Dead. The Contessa is now visiting the heart surgeon. Excellent help. Of course, it um, could be caused by anxiety. I'll give you a tranquilizer. Thank you, Doc. I don't think so. This episode is, is quite tranquilised enough, I think. I'm sorry, I'm I'm struggling with this, and I'm trying to work out... As I said, I really don't want to give the impression that I don't like the Protectors, and I'm trying to figure out, as I go through this, what it is about it that isn't hooking me, this episode specifically. Delightful hotel, with its feet in the sea, as the French say. <laughs> oh, we're now going back to Spain? I think... I don't know, I think the, the lack of a clear villain here at the moment isn't helping. Join yourself? Oh, yes. Look, I think we're wasting our time. Did you call the girl? I have. She's had no messages for three days. The show either seems to let its characters want to do everything, or, as they were doing at the start of the episode, kind of sit around and uh, wait for other people to do the work for them. That is a good idea. And now we're back to waiting for, I, th I think, the girl to show up again? Oh, and it's now night time. They've spent all afternoon peering through binoculars. Yeah, even Harry's having trouble keeping his eyes open. Yes. 
It's me. What is it? Down in the car park. The fish are biting. Ooh. Interestingly, Harry and the Contessa have separate beds. I know uh, some people have raised the question to uh, what extent their relationship is uh, something more than what we see. I certainly think there's a uh, there's the potential for it to develop in that way, but um, I think it's nice that they didn't. It's just a uh, mild flirting. Anyway, so Harry has noticed a car has been removed of its underneath cylinder thingy containing heroin. Hola, Senor Pepe. And the collector went back to the bar Pepe. Harry was following him at like, you know, two feet distance. There's no way the guy couldn't have seen him, and yet somehow he didn't see him. Buenos dias, señores. Que día más estupendo. It's now the next day, and Harry and the Contessa have uh, stopped by for a drink. Again, this is the bar Pepe. That's our man. That's Pepe. An idea that should cause the maximum panic and confusion. Oh, that'll be good. Every time he puts a container underneath a car, uh -huh. we empty it, seal it, and put it back again. There will soon be angry blasts from all over Europe, and the man at the top will be forced to show his hand. My Contessa, I love you. Los cafés con leche. No. Gracias. De nada, señora. It is good to be alive, eh? Si, Pepe, it is good to be alive. And if you want to stay that way... Oh, I'm sorry, that's just a habit I slip into there. Hmm. That's the fourth. Fourth can. They'll be taking up panic stations any time now. So this is four days of just kind of hanging around in Spain. They'll take him to the big man? Sure. Intercepting cars and their heroin uh, shipments before the actual person can come and collect them. Pepe won't be going home again. Not Pepe. <laughs> and yet, look how kind he's being to them. What's this? We didn't order champagne. It is a regalo, senores. A present? Oh, very nice. What have we done to deserve this? Every day you are here. My best uh, customers. A charming gesture. Thank you, Pepe. Si, si, si. It was. Uh, yeah, it kind of shows how much of this episode is not padding, but the structure is quite odd. Harry and the Contessa have just spent four days basically doing nothing except drinking and helping themselves to heroin shipments. But now... A suspicious car has arrived. Pepe has been summoned by a suspicious finger. He doesn't have to close the cafe. He just gets in the back of the car and there it goes. Wait at the hotel. Don't leave until you hear I guess there must be a Mrs. Pepe to run the cafe. Oh, so... I guess Pepe is now being taken to see the big man, the... Uh, Numero uno behind this operation. And Harry is taking a heck of a long time to drive up this road. He's watching Pepe's car being escorted in. How's he going to get through these huge locked doors? I'm Harry Rule. Oh, that'll do it. Wants to see me. I'm Robert Vaughn. Just let me in. Tell him it's about registration plates. English, French and German. He'll understand. And I have a feeling that we are now coming up on on the identity of the yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. The identity of the the man behind this operation. There he is. It's very kind of you to call, Mr. Rule. Oh, and this is why I think I 
Well, no, I was going to say this is why I don't remember this episode. I do remember this episode mainly for the fact that they've done something very, very stupid. They have hired to play the, the head bad guy a chap named Peter Arn, who is basically brilliant in everything I've ever seen him in. And they're, they're only using him in the last three minutes. You don't do that show. You don't hire Peter Arn and then only use him for three minutes. You could have had him for a whole episode. But no, three minutes. That's all we can manage. Uh, yes, he's playing snooker or pool. I don't know what the difference is. Your losses aren't his fault. And Harry has also picked up a cue. They are sort of fencing around the topic of the heroine. Oh, well, Harry has now thrown it onto the table. Oh, Arn just kind of casually moves it aside with his cue. Yes, Peter Arn, a regular uh, ITC villain, uh, and someone who in uh, in real life was, was murdered. Um, I... I'm not 100% certain, but I would have to assume that he holds the uh, unique distinction of being the only Anderson actor to have been murdered. And it's such a nothing role for him, really. He's just there. Whereas there are episodes of things like Danger Man and Man in a Suitcase, where he's these properly slimy, scheming, manipulative villains. The kind of role that you might expect Vladik Shabel to get. Million pounds. And he's just nothing. It's such a shame. This is, you know, when you, with the ITC shows, you see this familiar roster of faces, and he's just one of my favourite. Oh, yeah, it's that guy. This is going to be good. But this isn't good. State evidence. Impossible. Now, well, listen, you're a big mucky muck. I'm what? <laughs> okay. Who's your big mucky muck? Much bigger. Anyway, I've waffled all over whatever they were talking about. Uh, so maybe this guy wasn't the... Uh, well, he can run, but uh, what, for a day? The numero uno. Week, month, year. Oh, he's got a gun. I'd say state's evidence. It's your best shot. Your shot. He's pulled it on Harry and... You suggest state's evidence. What good would it do me? Cut a 30-year sentence in half. No. Harry's turned his back on him for some reason. As you said, Mr. Rule, my shot. Uh... Oh, he just shot himself. Okay. Yep, I'm doubling down on the that's a criminal underuse of a Peter Arn. I, you know, if... Underusing Peter Arn were a, a, a chargeable crime. Charge this episode with underuse of a Peter Arn. So, anyway, everything is all sorted. The girl that Harry was assigned to protect, to bring home, is now dancing in his arms at his house. They're heading for the bedroom. And uh, who was on the bed? Gus the dog was on the bed. He's relocated to a different room. So that Harry and Lady Friend can get to know each other better. And that was... What was it? 
the, the numbers game. See, I can't even remember what I was watching. I am so sorry. Um, thoroughly average, as you can see, very forgettable episode of The Protectors. I am so sorry that this keeps happening. I want to talk about great episodes. I want to talk about The First Circle. I want to talk about Batard. I want to talk about Vocal. Unfortunately, the randomizer keeps giving me duff episodes. It's not my fault. Leave me alone. <laughs>